Hey, I want to welcome uh, some of our college students who've come back to, from, from college. They're back. I know uh, Dewan is here. I love Dewan. His father, and if you didn't know the history there, uh, Dewan's sister Suwan got baptized a few weeks ago, uh, last month. And it's the same place where he got baptized, and that was pretty awesome. And there's, a, there's his father, John, back there, who has been studying the Bible as well. So we're very grateful. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope your, your festivities are going awesome. You've got your family photos out. or I know some families are just tired of doing that. I get that. I can't wait till I get tired of doing that. One day it's going to come where I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. But I'm married to a woman that really wants to do it. So uh, I do that. You know, we've been talking about the birth of Jesus. And I'm doing a series uh, entitled An Unexpected Christmas. And... There are four gospel writers who write the New Testament about uh, Jesus. And two of them don't even mention his birth. The other ones mention it. Matthew starts off in a very different way. Um, He starts off the the, the narrative with a genealogy. Which is totally... Why is he starting off everything from the beginning? And the question that Matthew's trying to make sure everyone understands is that he's writing to a Jewish audience. And so, to a Jewish person reading the Gospel of of Matthew, they only care about one thing. Is the Messiah a descendant of King David? That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted. So, he puts his genealogy in there. And as you know, ancient historians were often forced to put a positive slant on the records because the person they were writing for was usually paying them or threatening them. And so, there are often gaps in the story of ancient history. There are incomplete genealogies. There's gross exaggerations. The, the military defeats were excluded. They would not put that in there. As well as crimes. And even if your child turned out bad and you were the king, you didn't put his name in the genealogy. You just blotted him out. So, when it comes to the story of Jesus, it's just the opposite. It's so opposite, it's almost offensive. Like, why would Matthew... Put those people in the genealogy. In fact, he unnecessarily highlights people we'd be most likely to skip. There are certain people in my family that you want. If I'm going to share about the Garces family, there are certain people you're never going to hear about. Because I'm going to share with you the good side of the Garces family, not the other side, the dark side. You know, I wouldn't put that in my promo package. I wouldn't put that in, hey, join our family. We got some felons over here. We got some crazy guys over here. I wouldn't keep them in that gene. I would remove them. So in the list of men, out of nowhere, he lists these women as well. And so these, this, this writer, Matthew, he's not a fabricator. He's not making stuff up. He's putting real things in there. And so Matthew remembers himself on how he was on the outside of religion. Even though he grew up Jewish, grew up going to temple, since he became a tax collector, he was now on the outside looking in. And he longed to be a part of it, but he couldn't because everyone hated him. Because tax collectors don't come to temple. They're hated. So he understands being unwanted. He understands being excluded. He understands the dark side of his decisions. And so when he writes about Jesus, he writes about the genealogy, and he includes people that are kind of like him. And so we're going to look at this genealogy this morning, again, looking at it. Let me give you an example. If you were running for Congress... And Charles Manson was your cousin. You wouldn't want that getting out. Right? If Timothy McVeigh was your cousin who blew up the federal building 
in the 1990s, you wouldn't want to mention that if you're running for Congress. You want to remove them. But God doesn't mind associating Himself with people that we're wary of. He doesn't mind. He didn't even mind knowing us, didn't mind telling us all the dysfunction that's in the line of Jesus. He doesn't mind telling us that. Because we can relate to the dysfunction. It's a gift that keeps on giving. So, an unexpected Christmas and an unlikely candidate in this. We're going to highlight one person in this genealogy this morning. And let's start the genealogy. Matthew starts off at this, way, this way. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers. You know, Judah and his brothers. Let's just, that's the person we're going to highlight for a second. Name, the name Judah may not have any significance because of his famous brother. And his famous brother was Joseph, who had the dream, who had the coat, who got uh, sold into slavery, who became the prime minister, who saved his family. He's the hero of the Old Testament. And Judah is actually in the genealogy of Jesus and not Joseph. Not even Reuben, who was the older brother. It was Judah. And he's not mentioned because, you know, the older brother Joseph, because that's not the line that the Messiah came through. It was Judah. So we're going to highlight Judah. Judah is not who you would have picked. And that's the point. You are not who you would have picked. And so you assume that you are not God, you are not who God would have picked. Equally, we look around people and we can feel the same way. Why did God pick Judah? Why not Joseph? When we read that story of Joseph, we're like, that, I want to be like, when we read Judah going, that dude is straight shady. I want to look at that, but he's actually in the genealogy, not Joseph, not Reuben. That's interesting to me. That God chose Judah and not the others. Judah is the jealous brother of the twelve of Joseph. He did not like that Joseph had a favorite status with his father Isaac. And his jealousy turns into hatred. Doesn't it? When you're jealous of something, you start hating it. So when he gets an opportunity to to act on his anger, he does the unthinkable. So when Joseph came to his brothers with his coat on, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and they threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down, uh, as they sat down to eat, they looked up and saw a, ca- uh, a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, "What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him." After all, he is our brother. Oh, good. Our own flesh and blood, 
And his brothers agreed. Now, he covers his sin with an elaborate lie to his father Isaac. He stands by watching his father almost self-destruct with grief. He comes home and watches his dad just lose it. Because he lost his son, his, 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 his youngest son and his favorite. His dad loses it. And Joseph, Judah doesn't even crack. He holds that secret in. And he holds that secret in for a long, long time. And every year, when his father remembers the day his son Joseph died, quote unquote, on his birthday, 20 years goes by and Judah doesn't crack. Judah keeps the secret for 20 years. Meanwhile, his brother Joseph is a slave, a prisoner, and then becomes a prime minister. And this is Judah. This is the genealogy. The guy is hard. Whenever I see my father cry, it just brings me to tears. And here's, here's Judah. To the grave. That secret was deep. So in Genesis 38, it tells us what happened to Judah in the, in the interim. He goes from bad to creepy. This is bad. But then he goes to creepy. Remember, if you're interested in blood, sex, and violence, you should read the Bible. It's better miniseries than HBO. It's got all the good stuff, all the treachery and betrayal and the secrets. Here's one of them. If you're into that kind of stuff on Netflix, hey, read your Bible in the morning. There's a lot of stuff in there. And you don't have to wait for the next week. You can watch it all in one lump. You can read the whole Bible like in a day if you want. Binge it. So Judah gets married and has two sons. They get married and the oldest son of his is evil and he dies. Then the second one dies. He's evil too actually and he dies. So the father Judah tells his daughter-in-law Tamar to go home and wait for his youngest son to grow up and that she could marry the younger son. It was important that in the Jewish line that they kept making children. So they had a a rule that if you lost your spouse, the the brother of the brothers would marry you so it would keep your line going. So you would be fruitful and multiply. So Judah promises Tamar that, hey, I know my two, two other sons died. Wait for my little one to grow up and then he'll marry you. And then you can continue the line since you lost, you know, since um, I lost my children. So... So go home and wait, since you lost your children. Go home and just kind of hang out there. So she waits a couple years, and she sees and and begins to realize that Judah is not keeping his promise. He says, I'll give you my son. Instead of, he should actually marry her and and help her, but he doesn't. So wait for my son. But she begins to realize that he's he's breaking his promise. That's not going to happen. And so... She dresses up, she puts the clothes on of a temple prostitute, and they would cover their face. And she goes to the temple, and Judah's walking by the temple, and he sees her, and he has a sexual immoral moment with her, relationships, he offers her a goat as payment, because that's what they pay the prostitutes. She takes actually his seal and his ring, and that's what actually you wear it around your neck, it's a cord of a seal. 
and so and also his staff as as, as a barter. Because the goat wasn't necessarily there. He was going to send the goat to her. So in the meantime, she asked for his ring and seal as a pledge that she'll get the goat later. So he sends the goat off to Tamar. But Tamar is nowhere to be found in in the temple. She's home dressed in her widow's garb. Three months later, it's reported that Judah and his his daughter is pregnant. So he finds out, my daughter-in-law Tamar is pregnant? He does what every guilty person does. You know what that is? He overreacts to the sin of others. That's what guilty people do. They overreact to somebody else's sin. He demands that she be burned alive. He got very self-righteous, huh? We must uphold the law! Find me a parent that over-disciplines the kids and I'll find you one that has secrets from their own childhood. It comes out. And as they were leading her out to be burned, she sends Judah a message. I am with child, but the man to whom these things belong. And she breaks out the seal and the cord and says, You recognize any of this stuff? And then Judah stops the execution and declares. See if you recognize those seals and cord and staff that are here. And Judah recognized them. Can you imagine that moment? Everyone's gathered around. Burner! Kill! You're a prostitute! It's illegal! And she breaks out his cord and his staff. The man who impregnated me owns these. And Judah says, She is more righteous than I since I would not give her my son. That's one creepy dude right there. But he's in the genealogy of Jesus. He's bad brother, sold him in slavery, kept a secret. Then he doesn't want to do what's right by giving his, you know, giving his daughter-in-law his son or himself. He could have done either. He chooses not to do anything. Daughter-in-law, she has to result, resort to being highlighted as a prostitute to keep the lineage. And that was a good thing. And he wants to burn her and kill her. And then he realizes, oh dang, it's my stuff. I'm the person. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she gives birth to a boy named Perez. Who's part of the genealogy of Jesus. But Judah still has a secret. The secret about Joseph and his father. And he's planning to take that to the grave. His intention is to never tell his dad the secret. You ever do that? Like, I'm not telling anyone this secret. And we're like, I'm going to take it to the grave. And that's what Judah did. But God saw different. There's a famine that hits. Huge famine. And Joseph had predicted the famine in a dream to Pharaoh. That's why he rose up to be the prime minister. And Judah and his brothers go to Egypt to buy food. And Joseph is in charge of all the food sales. He recognizes them and he tests them to see if they've changed. That's what he's doing. So he keeps Benjamin. So, so what would happen was, since, he, since his father uh, thought that Joseph died, he actually had another son named Benjamin. And so he's the youngest now. So he wants to see if his brothers have changed. So what he does is he keeps Benjamin when they go see him and his brothers uh, by the same mother and frames him for stealing. 
He sets them up like they're stealing stuff from, Joe, from, the, from, the, from the Egypt. He tells the brothers they'll have to return to their father without their youngest son, Benjamin. Because Joseph knows the history. He wants to see if they've changed. So he keeps Benjamin there. says, go back and tell your dad. And the dad's already skittish about, you know, Benjamin has to be there. Benjamin has to go. He's worried he might die like Joseph. The dad's already freaking out. Now they have to go back and tell dad that Benjamin's not going back. He's in Egypt still. In the midst of this, it dawns on Judah that they are reaping what they've sown. God has not forgotten what they did. And then he, he speaks to he speaks to Joseph personally. He pulls aside, pulls aside Joseph. And he says, What can I say to my Lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered our, your servant's guilt. He's, he's kind of like halfway fessing up to, Joe, to, the, to the prime minister who he doesn't know it's his brother. He's like, God's dealing with my sin and me. He doesn't realize that's his brother who he sold to slavery. He's like, I just want to get kind of open, sort of open. Uh, God's dealing with me from my past. Generally speaking, I don't want to tell you. And he has a moment there, but he doesn't confess. He never comes clean. And he comes forward and says, I can't break my father's heart. Keep me as your slave and send Benjamin home. That's what he tells Joseph. Can't deal with it anymore. And then then Joseph sends all all the Egyptian servants out of the room. And then he reveals to his brothers for the first time that he's actually Joseph. And Judah missed every opportunity along the way to own his own sin. He doesn't do it. All chances are lost. He never owns up to it. He tries changing a little, but he doesn't own it. He's eyeball to eyeball with a brother who cried out for help as he's being carted off by the Ishmaelites. He never confessed until he had to. He never came clean until he had no choice. He never confessed once that there was another way out. That's Judah. That's who Matthew points out. That's who God picked, the lion of Judah. Lion? I call him a coward. Guy's not a lion. He's a coward. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's chicken. But aren't we? Aren't we cowardly? Aren't we liars? Aren't we deceivers? So if that's who you are, the good news is, you're not in bad company. The good news is, God's seeking you. God's wanting you. It's not the healthy who need the doctor. It's the sick. This is the genealogy of Jesus. And God reaches down and chooses Judah, this guy, over Joseph, who is righteous. When Potiphar's wife came and got him, he ran away. He didn't sleep with his boss's wife. He got accused and got put in prison. 
He's in prison. He's sitting there and goes, Hey man, I know you know the Pharaoh. Can you tell him I'm wrongly in prison? Yeah, yeah, I sure will. Yeah. He goes and the guy forgets. And then there's a famine. He translates a dream and he becomes the prime minister. That's the guy who should be in the lineage. Who had character at the end says, God did this so others could be saved. What a spiritual guy. So what that was, I was in prison for 15 years of my life because it was God's will to save everybody else. I'm like, why is he not in the genealogy? No, it was Judah, the shady brother. And so Judah gets chosen over Joseph to be 35 times the grandfather of Jesus. If you were God, if I was God, I don't think we would have done it this way. If we're going to tell the story about Jesus, we're locking him, we're just loading him with all the righteous guys. Because he's the Messiah. God had, God had 12 choices. Why Judah? God would say things like, there's the man among them, Judah, that needed my grace the most. That's the man I'll choose through whom I'll bring grace and forgiveness to the entire world. Just before Jacob dies, he gives a final blessing to his sons. This is in Genesis 49. And he says this, and I'll sum it up for you in a sentence. Judah, through you will rise up a king, and all your brothers and their descendants will bow to him. And that is the lineage and the prediction of Jesus. So why do you hear me? Hear ye, hear ye, all you secret keepers. All you that have a secret that you've decided to take to your grave. All people with dark chapters who don't want anyone to know. Everyone who has regrets. Deeply embarrassing moments. Those of you who have inflicted hurt on others and have never made it right. Those of you who have secrets in your marriage and live with fear of being found out. There is good news. You are a prime candidate for my grace, is what God says. You are the one I want. I want you. I want to be in a relationship with you. Who owns this staff and this ring? I want you. You're the candidate God wants. That's the Christmas story. You know what I struggle with? When someone's so righteous, I can't even relate. He's too strong, too righteous. I can't even. You know what I enjoy most? When people just get real, going, "Ah, there you go. There's humanity." We're both going to make it, but we're going to make it together. Amen. There's no need to hide from me, God says. Because I already know. And, and because of those chapters and those, the history we have personally, it makes us a little hesitant even to start the spiritual journey. We're not sure. We go to church, but we don't really go to church. We don't really change our hearts. We just attend church, but it hasn't really, hasn't really changed us. Because we're hesitant, because we got secrets. We got dark chapters. You're the perfect candidate. 
And God's circle of grace is big enough to encompass all of us. All the liars, all the cheaters, all the deceivers, all the disloyal people. He's in the genealogy. We're all candidates to be used by God in ways that exceed our expectation. In spite of our background. So as I said, Judah was a son who had a son named, named by, his, by his daughter-in-law Tamara. His son became Perez. And he was part of the line of Jesus. Here it is. Judah the father of Perez. Now, it doesn't tell you what happened there. You have to go back in the old story, you know, all the HBO pages of the Bible, and you've got to figure out, whoa, that was shady. Whoa, that was wrong. Whoa, that's crazy. And Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nishan, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. There's another woman right there. And for next week, we're going to talk about Rahab. Rahab had a nickname. She had a nickname. And it was a shady nickname. And she's in the genealogy too? You had Judah. Judah was enough to cover everyone. Let's throw some good people in there. And then there's Rahab. Anyone know what she was called? What her nickname was? Rahab the Righteous? <laughs> Rahab the harlot Rahab the prostitute Rahab who slept with so many men she couldn't even count she's in the genealogy what exclamation point question mark what <laughs> And we're going to find out about her next week. So join us and stay tuned for our third series of HBO in the Bible.